I spent most of Saturday in a haunted amusement park. I was in Dallas uh, to renew the vows of a couple who got married at the height of the pandemic. Last year, they got married, and so they couldn't have a gathering with their friends and family on their wedding day. So they had a vow renewal and reception uh, at the Texas Discovery Gardens, and that's on the state fairgrounds in Dallas. So the renewal and the reception uh, thereafter started around 5.30. So I got to the fairgrounds around noon, and I had time to kill. I immediately walked over to the old Cotton Bowl, where so many important college football games have been played through the years. The Cotton Bowl marks the center of the grounds, and then there are exhibits from bygone events and other museums that are spread throughout the district. Most of the grounds lay dormant, except during the Texas State Fair. That happens in the fall. That's, you know, when Texas and Oklahoma play their annual rivalry game in the Cotton Bowl. There's a huge Ferris wheel as well, and it's just sitting there, not moving, along with a ton of fair rides that are still and silent for all but short, but a short span of time. As I walked through the grounds, I felt like I was in a Goosebumps novel. For kids of a certain age, or adults of a certain age now, uh, we were, wouldn't read Goosebumps as kids because those books were too scary. But I feel like, uh, you know, my fourth grade Nick... Uh, would kind of look at the, you know, accelerated reader books in the library and, okay, this is the four, oh, there are the goosebumps. No, I'm not going to, not going to read those. But one of the installments I'm pretty sure was about a haunted amusement park. There was like an evil clown in the haunted amusement. I don't remember. Uh, but I, as I walked around, uh, the abandoned fairgrounds, it was like it was haunted. And while I'm sure it's a wonderful family event when all the rides light up each fall, there were other aspects of the ground that seemed even more dated. Huge exhibit halls have been abandoned on the ground. Some of the artwork is still kept up, but most of the interior space was just kind of dilapidated. And I began to imagine how impressive it must have all looked when it was new. One plaque, I think from 1986 said that 6 million people up to that point had toured the exhibits on the fairgrounds. One of those exhibits was the Hall of Transportation. All of these porticos showing how different technologies have developed. But today, or yesterday for me, it was just ghostly, haunted, in the span of about 100 years. All that stuff had died. This is why Jesus goes to such lengths to reassure his disciples that he is not a ghost. He is not less than he was. He is glorified. He has taken that which can die and brought it to share in his immortal nature. God became man so that man could become God. This is the great mercy of our Lord. With all our ingenuity, even the most incredible human creations stay alive or stay relevant 
for a few generations. We cannot become prisoners of the moment and forget that we are not all that special. Our respective generations will have their highs and lows, and then they'll pass away and become ghostly. But united to Jesus Christ in the sacraments, converting our hearts to him completely, we too can share in the resurrected, glorified life of Christ. Think about it. The Roman Colosseum is in ruin. The rock of Peter holds fast because Jesus established the church to be his beloved, just like God who is Christ, obviously, but God in himself, in his wisdom, from the beginning of time, chose Israel to be his beloved, to be in relationship. Because the church is the fulfillment of that plan, the church constantly renews herself and will shift and be purified in her members, but will endure until the end. She is our ship through the haunted haze of history. Empires rise and fall. The powerful are eventually toppled. But somehow, our church, which is a mess, keeps on towards the goal. The goal is glory in God. And Jesus offers this glory to everyone. If only they would choose it. Even those that called for his death or had an active hand in it. Jesus wants them to return to him. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be wiped away. God brings forth glory through his merciful love. So let his face shine upon you this day. Spend time in silence and allow him to look at you. And if you need to repent to ask for forgiveness, do it. Don't hold back. Allow him to lower your defenses, to look at you with all your strengths and weaknesses and bring those things that keep you from him into the light. Ask for help to make the choice for Jesus over and over again. This is the meaning of our lives. To choose to live in relationship with the Lord who can bring us into glory. He's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that will do it. He did it himself. He'll do it for us. He showed the disciples this reality that he is not a ghost. Put your hands into the marks of the nails. Place your hand into my side. See that I am not a decaying ghost like everything else that comes and goes and dies. He is not dead. He is fully alive and his life does not pass away with the generations. Why would we not choose to follow unless we believe in ghosts more than we believe in the living? That was my homily that was delivered to uh, the students at Millsaps College this weekend, the third Sunday in Easter. Uh, Welcome to the Discerning Catholic Podcast. Just jumped right into it today. Um, It's been a lot of uh, traveling this week. I had a beautiful uh, retreat for uh, the the priests of the diocese. We went to 
um, St. Bernard Abbey in Coleman, Alabama, which is kind of between Birmingham and Huntsville. Uh, had a had a wonderful week of prayer and community with uh, with the priests of the diocese. So that's why I couldn't have a show on Wednesday. Um, and then from there, I went straight to Dallas to uh, to celebrate this uh, this vow renewal for this couple um, that um, really really just blew me away with their faith. They they really got dealt a bad hand last year. They uh, couldn't get married. Um, their their original date was March 21st. So you just think about what was happening at that time. Uh, and uh, because it was going to be in Dallas, I couldn't travel. I couldn't get over there. And so we had to uh, make some make some other plans. And they got married with just their immediate, immediate family. I think less than 10 people was the guideline the CDC was giving uh, for an indoor event at that point. So um so they were able to have a, a, a reception with their with their loved ones uh, this weekend, and yeah, and that's where I uh, was walking around uh, the uh, state fairgrounds. I always remember, I always kind of wanted to see the state fairgrounds in Texas, not because I really knew anything about them, because I knew the the uh, Texas Oklahoma the Red River uh, shootout, the Red River rivalry that it's now called, because we you know have to change everything's name. Uh, <laughs> um, that's where it's played. And so, uh, so it was cool. It was cool. To, I tried to get into the Cotton Bowl. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't get in. Um, but uh, it was it was neat to uh, see those grounds. And it's just been a very reflective um, week. And and this is, I guess, what I've been reflecting on this week. That that renewal um, isn't going to be something that we can create all the time. We think, oh, if I just figure this one part of my life out, or if I get this correct job, if I get my job right, or I get my relationship right, I get my relationship with my spouse or with my kids right, then I'm going to be renewed and refreshed and reinvigorated. And, um, you know, that doesn't really happen. We have moments, but it's really God. It's, it's being in that lived relationship with our Heavenly Father, being rooted in prayer, um, being rooted in seeking to live virtuously, um, that we can constantly be renewed. And that renewal is, uh, is hard won. It's not something that is, um, it doesn't feel good all the time. You know, it, it, it takes hard work. It takes uh, dedication. It takes, you know, being frustrated and, oh, I didn't pray today. I need to pray tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to get back at it. I'm not going to take this uh, lying down. I'm not going to just stop. That is what, what God calls us to. Uh, and that is what Jesus calls us to, to look at the, look at the nails, look at, um, look at these wounds that have now been glorified and let me take your wounds and let me help you with your brokenness. And let me help you with those things that you need help with. And, um, this is the answer to our prayers. This is, um, you know, we, we think of, of prayer as I ask God for something and I either got it or I didn't get it. But really, our prayer is a lived relationship with God, allowing, just like Christ allows his disciples into his woundedness, into those things that he sacrifices, we allow God in. So that's what Jesus did with the Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus models for us. He doesn't model, God, give me this. Oh, well, God, why didn't you give me that? I asked you. I didn't, I didn't want to take this cup. Why are you making me do this? This is terrible. No. 
He says, God, Father, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. That's what brings him to glory. Descending to the dead, um, doing what the Lord, what, what the Heavenly Father asks of him because he knows how deeply the Heavenly Father loves him. That is the key. The love of the Heavenly Father is so surpassing to Jesus. Nothing else matters in his humanity. Nothing else matters but the will of the Father. And so it's the same for us. We got to reflect on our retreat on the parable of the prodigal son. Um, I, I suggest that you check out that Rembrandt um, uh, portrait, the, the famous Rembrandt uh, uh, piece of art called The Return of the Prodigal Son. Very famous in Christian art. Um, but just gaze upon that and see the father's love for his son who is broken, for his son who needs to be resurrected, for his son who, who was dead. And see how the father renews him with life through his love. That's what matters. So are you tapping into that relationship? Are you even trying to develop that relationship? And you're, you might be asking, no, I'm not. How do I do that? Okay, then just start with prayer. Start with prayer every day. And as you talk to God, um, as we talked about on this podcast, you can use acts. You adore the Lord. You tell God that you're trying, that, that you recognize that he's God and you're not. And then you, you give contrition, sorrow for your sins and say, these are the things that I believe are holding me back from you and I'm sorry for them. And then you give thanks for the good things that God has done for you. And then finally, you ask for that which you want or need from God. But it's, it's this proper order of kind of putting ourselves in a humble posture before the Lord saying, I don't have all the answers and I'm never going to have all the answers and I need your help, Lord. Help me. Um, so if you just start with that, start with acts every day and, uh, and see where that leads you. And then you start to have a broader conversation and then you start bringing, being brought into prayer. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the picture of perfection, certainly. But what I will say is there's a reason that I'm walking around the state fairgrounds in Dallas and I'm kind of thinking on the level of not, is this entertaining or not? Or, you know, it's a mixture. It was kind of cold. I was kind of like, you know, um, you know, there, there's a certain level of like, you know, I'm ready for the event. I'm ready. You know, I, I want to get there. Um, but there's also a level where I'm just kind of like talking to God and Lord, what are you, what are you trying to say to me in this, this kind of interesting, this interesting day? It wasn't the most like incredible time of my life. Like I said, it was kind of like walking through a, um, <laughs> an abandoned amusement park. It was like a haunted amusement park, but, um, God speaks to us every day. And so often we try to just create these incredible experiences. Oh my gosh. When God is really just wanting to speak to us about what he's doing and what he desires for us and how much he loves us. And, uh, that's what I, that's what I got, you know, during those four hours of chilling at the state fairgrounds in Dallas, Texas. And I enjoyed the conversations that I had with people. I enjoyed, um, the beautiful celebration that I had with this couple who had gone through so much and now I'm back and that's life. And it's not, um, overly, like amazing. It's just 
It's life with God, and it's good. As I said in one homily recently, um, life is hard, but life is good. And uh, the more we can root ourselves in that reality, the less we kind of get stressed out when we think, oh, my life's not living up to a certain standard. Well, no one's life lives up to these unrealistic standards of human creation. Because honestly, we're trying to avoid that ultimate destruction. We're trying to avoid the reality that the Roman Colosseum was once awesome, and now it's not. You know, the state fairgrounds of Dallas were once this incredible, incredible, you know, just picturesque place where millions would gather, and now once a year it's really cool. You know, that's the nature of, uh, of our finite world. And so we live in the finite in joy. We find joy in even the smallest things because we have that hope for the infinite. We have that hope that one day God is going to make perfect what we can't make perfect. He is going to complete the project. We don't always have to complete every project. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed uh, this talk. I sure enjoyed uh, just sharing this with you. Um, We'll keep each other in prayer, and we'll see you on Wednesday. I hope to have Chris Kiefer on on Wednesday. We'll we'll build up a few topics to talk about. Uncomfortable Wednesdays. we got to be about um, knowing what the church actually teaches, not maybe what we think the church teaches or what we think the the church should teach, all those things. Uh, We want to be about what the Lord uh, wants us to know. Again, this church that he has established that somehow keeps on rocking 2,000 years into it. So hope you all have a great start to the week. Happy spring. Um, Happy Easter as we continue in this Easter season. Have a great day.